This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. What a crusade of law. Hey everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. And I'm Tiffany. Even though I have the speech bubble for Tiffany. Oh yeah, we switched seats. Yeah, so. so. Now it's confusing. Whatever. Today I'm Sal. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Well, kick off the show. No. <laughs> now I'm going to throw it over to my co-host today. Oh, thank you. That's very, thought- that's very thoughtful of you. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the Batman trilogy, or the Dark Knight trilogy, by Christopher Nolan. Uh, before there was a Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, that actually made sense as a title. Yes. Now calling it the Dark Knight trilogy is like, which trilogy are you talking about? Yeah. The good one. Because uh, there's two, because t- here's the thing, Dark Knight Returns is transcendental, but there's two horrible, disappointing sequels. So yes. technically there are more bad Dark Knight movies, or Dark Knight comics than there are good ones. Uh, but that said... Uh, I'm going to be a lot less excited and enthusiastic than usual because I have, uh, I fucked up my back. So it really hurts, like, all the time. That's what Uh, you get for being healthy. Yeah. Apparently being healthy is going to kill you. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So I'm going to be putting up with that for a little while. So that might explain why I'm, like, not as jubilant as usual. But hopefully it'll go away by the time we run into you at Emerald City Comic Con. That's right. Which both Tiffany and myself, along with everybody from Weekly Pull, will be at. So if you're going to be there, I would recommend being there between Friday and Saturday because that's the big days we're going to be there. Yeah. Um, And, of course, we have a live show um, that's going to be on... Um, Saturday at 2.30 p.m. But check all of our social media for the listings that'll tell you where and when that'll happen. Absolutely. So anyway, let's get into these. Uh, Tiffany, when was the first time you saw Batman Begins? And did you hear anything about it before it came out? You know what's funny? I don't remember hearing hearing about it it before it came out. I really really don't. Um, I don't know if I even saw it in the theaters. I'll be honest. Wow. I don't remember. Hmm. I really don't remember. What about you? I saw it in theaters. Uh, I heard very little about it because I had stopped reading Wizard at that time. Right. Um, so what I did was I went to the... Uh, I, I, I heard very little about it, actually. There was very little fanfare right. surrounding it. And there was a lot of, like, uh, trepidation because the last entry was Batman and Robin. And then there had been such a gap between those two movies mm-hmm. that, like, anything... I, I was actually pretty optimistic about it because, like... Number one, there was no expectation of a cinematic universe. So I was like, okay, well, it'll be very self-contained. I had heard rumblings that it was going to be kind of like grounded and real, which I was like, I'm down. Right. Because high-flying and stupid is not what I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then, uh, yeah, it was like a dark horse, if you will, actually. The Dark Knight (laughs) was a dark horse. But Batman Begins comes out of nowhere, swoops in out of the darkness Mm -hmm. of its own franchise, and then kicks us in the face and says, I'm Batman. And let me tell you, I was in love with it. Actually, you know what? There was some fanfare surrounding it because they kept leaking photos. Okay. They kept like very, very, su- very like seldomly releasing um, production photos of the cast, and that was enough. They showed like Thomas Wayne. They showed right. uh, Gordon. They showed Lucius Fox, and each and Michael Caine. And each time you saw it, you were like, "Holy shit!" 
I think this movie's actually going to be good. Right. And I'd never heard of Christopher Nolan at the time because I avoided a lot of his movies because I thought he was really pretentious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw, I think I eventually saw The Prestige before I saw Batman Begins. Oh, really? I think The Prestige came out before then. If it was, then I did see it before Batman Begins. I didn't think it did, but I don't really know I that. thought so, but I don't <laughs> recall. There was some movie, you know what's funny? I didn't even know it at the time, but I think Nolan made Insomniac or Insomnia. With uh, Robin Williams and uh, Al Pacino. Right. And I saw that. I did not see Memento, though. I avoided Memento. I, everybody, ever, all the wrong people told me to see Memento, which is why I avoided it so much. Like, the most pretentious people I'd ever met were like, Oh, you've got to see Memento! It's it's unbelievable! So immediately you're like, mm, I'm like, no. pass! I don't want that. It's backwards! Fuck you. What? That's not enough for me. <gasps> so anyway, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, okay, Bad, Prestige came out afterwards. So, you yeah, know what it was? So. I saw Batman Begins, loved it, and then I heard the Prestige coming out, I'm like, see, see the Prestige. And it was great. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, so, saw Batman Begins in theaters, right. and uh, I don't remember who I saw it with, but a few people that we knew. Right, okay. And they and I dug it. And I kind of forgot who Tristan Bale was. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, it's the dickhead from the Shaft reboot. It's funny is I, I, I used to, up until I, I feel like, I don't know, recently, mm-hmm. I used to like catch movies later. Like mm. if they were on TV or like, you know what I mean? Like you'd Netflix them or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I missed out a lot on going to movies cause I didn't have any money. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You saw Independence Day well after Independence Day. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, certainly then because I was little, but like, yeah. Like, most movies, like, I just missed. So, like, I laid, like I first saw Christian Bale in a movie on, like, sci-fi called Equilibrium. <laughs> so I was like, that's gonna be Batman? <laughs> I, too, saw Equilibrium uh, before Batman Begins, but I forgot Christian Bale was in it. I remember, I think Ben was like, oh, shit! It's the dude from Equilibrium! And I'm like... Gun cut. I used to watch a lot of sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I just like... Like the channel, those. not the genre. Well, like both, but like mostly the channel, because I liked a lot of like kind of crappy movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Equilibrium is... You know what's funny? I, I remember seeing it and being like, this is not as terrible as it has any expectation of being. Like, I expected Equilibrium to be like Underworld bad. And it was like direct-to-DVD Underworld, only with some semblance of... Like, Sean Bean being in it really helped ratchet it up a little bit. Right, right. But anyway, we're not talking about equal. No, no, of course not. Oh, yeah, they also released that picture of Liam Neeson as as Henry Ducard, and I was like... That's Rachel Ghoul. It's a flip. They're flipping the script. They're making us think that it's going to be Ken Watanabe, and they're just throwing a really, really good actor at us. Right. Trying to trick us. Yeah, And, yeah. And they did not trick me. I was like, oh, no, that's Rachel Gould. Well, I didn't see any of these things. I know. But I do remember, you know what? I do remember when I first saw it, because we definitely, we had we, we did not see it in theaters. Did oh, not no. see it in theaters. I saw it with Danielle and another friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I remember us watching it, and, like, Ken Watanabe comes on screen, and they're like, this is Rachel, or Raz Al Ghul. Raz Al Ghul. I'm like, first of all, it's Rachel Al Ghul. Second of all, no, it isn't. I remember, like, I was... I was such a, like, comic book noob, but I was the most comic, like, um, educated in that room, thanks to my experience with Batman the Animated Series, yes. you know what I mean? Like, so, like, I, like, I had my in through that, yeah. and I remember, like, everyone else being like, so? Yeah, 
Why is that so important? Because it's stupid. Because he, I, because addressing it in such a way as having an uneducated rich white person say, "Am I saying this right, Mr. Raz Al Ghul?" No, you are not saying it right. But don't worry, no one is saying it right, right in this movie. Exactly. Just like nobody's saying Falcone correctly. Exactly. I and now, like, we were literally just talking about Batman movies the other night. Yeah. Um, and this is something I think we can examine as we talk about the trilogy. But, like, in these movies, they certainly try to move away from this element that was in previous Batman movies. Mm-hmm. But, like, they never 100% get away from it. But, like, we had to have Katie Holmes in this movie. We have oh, yeah. to have Batman have a love interest. Which, to me... Otherwise, mo- why will women go to right. it today? No, why I will know. women go to this movie if they don't see the man fall in love with the girl? I know, I know. I get it. I get where they're coming from with this. I don't necessarily agree with it, but, like, the more I learned about the comic book version of Batman, and, like, even just from watching the cartoon, like, that's not an element of his no. life. Yeah, like, he he uses women to maintain the subterfuge right? of Bruce Wayne. So, like, to me, that's always been really bizarre to me, is yeah. to always have that as an element. Like, even in, like, when we get to it, but, like, in the final one, like, the role of Talia is something I can't Ugh. quite fathom. But we'll oh, get no. there. We'll yeah, get there. We'll get there, yeah. Um, um, but in this movie, like, out of the gate, we, we establish that Batman has a former love, love interest. interest. Yeah. Well, or not. Like, they were never really dating in the beginning of the movie. No, but, like, <clears throat> I think her plan was... Oh, yeah. And one day, I'll be Mrs. Wayne. Yes, and then I'll have all the money, and right. my terrible accent and awful acting will be completely obfuscated by the amount of money that I've inherited. Exactly. Yeah, no, and she sucks. She's, yeah, she's not great, and... It's you, weird, the it casting is. in that movie. The casting in the movie, there's some of it's spot on, and some of it's like, what are you doing? Some of it informs the future of those characters forever. Yes. Like, uh, Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox, they were like, okay, make him look like Morgan Freeman forever! Yeah. And that was that. And yeah. by the way, no complaints here, Morgan Freeman is delightful, and he, like, tries, he does some different things. He's only given, like, maybe 15 lines, and he only says, like, a few things, and each one is, like, a hilarious quip. Yeah. But it's still fun to watch, and, and Lucius Fox is still, like, an enchanting performance. Oh, yeah! Michael Caine, pass. I was really excited about Michael Caine. I know, and Michael Michael Caine is one of those characters, like, here's the thing I've noticed, um, and maybe you agree with me, or maybe you guys agree with me out there. Um, Over time, one of two things happens, as you, in in terms of things that um, you get strong feelings about. Mm -hmm. You either, your love wanes, or you find something to appreciate about something you didn't care for originally, because you didn't understand it. Um... For me, with Michael Caine out of the gate, like I was like, this is fun, this is cool, right? Him out of the gate. Over time, I've grown to not care for his portrayal of Alfred. Oh yeah, no. At first, I'm like, like, I'm in. Yeah. Because number one, it was like, oh shit, it's Michael Caine, and he's yeah. bringing some gravitas to the to the Alfred. Right, role. right. Even though the previous Alfred had always been great, I loved the original Alfred, whose name escapes me. But that um, guy. but that great guy. Yeah. Um, I also missed Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., who played the voice for Alfred. Yes. In Batman the Animated Series. Yes. And I will also say that now having seen the Lego Batman movie, oh yeah, Ray Fiennes is a He's perfect great. Batman. He's a great or, Alfred. Batman. And Alfred. <laughs> not, not <laughs> only is he Batman. a great Alfred in the voice, I think if he grew the the Alfred stash, yeah. he would totally own it. Like I loved um, what's his name, uh, Scar as as Alfred in Jeremy Irons. Yeah, Jeremy Irons. But 
having heard Ray Fiennes, yeah. I just want him now. Well, he's just, you know what it is? Jeremy Irons is, is a different bat, or different Alfred. Totally different Very different Alfred. Different Alfred. Um, Ray Fiennes is kind of, I, I think, more akin to the um, animated series. Yes, he's Alfred. more, yeah. Ray Fiennes, you believe he was like, a, like he was in like the the special forces. Like he he was a he was a warrior. Yeah, and he was in the jungles and shit. Ray Fiennes is like I was raised by, you know, a, like a long line of butlers. yeah. But he was in like you know you know Her Majesty's like Secret army. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you imagine that Ray Fiennes' Alfred was James Bond. Right, or like even just like in like World War Two, like you know, like during the the you know Blitzkriegs and all that. Yeah, you know? like, he was like I totally. Oi. <laughs> yeah, I totally buy like that. Um, Jerry's bumming the shit out of me. Michael Caine's Alfred, um, in the first movie, I think is is one type of Alfred, and then over time, I feel like the writing and directing for him lost their way. I think it was. I, I okay. So you think they they lost their way? I think that like the Matrix trilogy. Yeah. The creators went in another... Like, they were like, I don't care what direction this character is going in organically. I want him to say this. Like, yeah, that's probably... Well, but that in, that, in a sense, is losing his way. You know, yeah. like, you know, if you're going to be true to the character, like, they attempted to be a little bit more so, like, you know, in his supportive sense of like right. you know and yeah him like, being like i'm gonna help you facilitated batman right and, also, and like and like, you look if you're gonna do this you need to be able to actually like be like millionaire bruce wayne but like also be yeah you batman. have to be smart about it yeah. he's like he's teaching him how to actually balance the double life because he's like look i'm i used to buttle for millionaires i know a thing or two about double lives exactly and look people change their minds all the time but the the change that he makes is so abrupt yes that like it's like either there's a lot of missing scenes mm -hmm. or it's just you needed certain things to happen. Oh yeah. You I, wanted certain character development and you're forcing it. Literally, I think it's the there's an organic like de development of Alfred from Begins to Dark Knight. It's when Rises happens they went like, "No, we want him to do this and also get him out of the movie." Yeah. Which was a a, a shame. It is. Like it, a like it it just it hurts. Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, it's like they couldn't afford him anymore. Right? Which is like, no, <laughs> maybe put one fewer tanks in your movie then. Maybe. But, uh, but yeah, everybody did a great job. I was also surprised by a few, like, wow casting. Like, Rutger Hauer plays the freaking, like, the bad guy head of the board. Like, yeah. from freaking Blade Runner. I'm like, yeah! You should yeah. have been Magneto 20 years ago! And um, Gary Oldman as, as Gordon, Gordon is one of those things where, like, in my head, I was like, that's never gonna work. And, like, he is... Great as the everyman young Gordon. Yes. Yeah, he's year one Gordon. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Like, it's him. Um, and I, I do wish that they had done a little bit more with him and we could have seen a little bit more of yeah, his we, character. We literally see his wife and children through a window. I know. One time know. in one movie. I know. I, oh, yeah, we also see them at the end of Dark Knight. Yeah. But it's like, it's a plot device. Exactly. Exactly. And, like, he, you know, like... Gordon himself, to me, has always been, like, um, you know, the, the other side of the coin to Batman. Yeah. And, like, we get an idea of that in this, but, again, because he's not in the movie quite as much, it's yeah. difficult to portray that necessarily. Yes. And, like, sometimes he's there just to facilitate certain things. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, he is, he is a plot device as well. Uh, the problem is that, like, nobody is, like, a really, really strong developed character. Batman is only really explored in the first movie, and then the rest of the time he's just like there to facilitate the plot or characters. Yeah, he does a lot of characters. reacting. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's a lot of reactionary measures. Ooh, and Cillian Murphy is the Scarecrow. Yeah, he. You know what? Like, I liked him. I liked him. I, I, um, 
<laughs> it's funny, like with characters like the Scarecrow, especially like the scare with the Scarecrow, you are watching them walk a fine line. Yeah. Because they're trying to not delve into like comic book com- ridiculousness, into Jim Carrey Riddler, oh, yeah. into um, like you know Arnold, like you know Mr. Uh, Mr. Freeze, Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm. but they also. Like, they want to keep it dramatic, but not so much so where they strip everything away. Like, the character needs to be recognizable. Yeah. And in a sense, he is. Yeah, he wears that mask, like, maybe 0.5 seconds. He wears it almost as much as Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 2. Right. And what's interesting about this is that, like, most of the characters in Batman Begins are themselves beginning. You know what I mean? It's the start of of Commissioner Gordon, who's not even a commissioner at that point. It's the start of Batman. It's the start of Scarecrow. And it's funny, we actually do get a chance to come back around to him, but like seemingly it's like we're never coming back to that character. No, it's weird. But we do, and it's barely anything like yeah. we never see his oh growth. no they never do anything with him except bring him back exactly like, they just put him in the movies again exactly it's kind of like a hey don't forget he was fun and he's it's like don't forget nolan and murphy are apparently friends yeah right i i, I guess um yeah. but he does a he does a fine job like I, he you know he portrays the scarecrow he portrays definitely the psychology aspect of mm-hmm. it um you know he does get himself involved with a kind of circuitous plan. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, essentially, that's much more comic booky. The mask itself, very comic booky. He does use a chemical agent, which I was impressed that they did that at yes. all. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's funny, like, when I was watching Batman Begins for the first time, I had no major problems with the microwave emitter. The second you say people are mostly made of water, you go, oh, microwave emitter is dumb. Oh, that's really stupid. Yeah. That does not work. If he turns it on, everyone's going to vaporize. I know. That makes no sense. It's... Like, you didn't need it but you do need it if you want an exciting train ride. Right, but <laughs> also that in and of itself is pretty comic booky though. Yes. Like is like like pushing science aside mm-hmm. while also trying to embrace it. Right. Well, it's, it's their way of being like it's it's their funny way of being like this is a real movie that's really grounded in reality. Yeah. Uh, what about that migraine emitter? Fuck you, it's a comic book movie. Yeah, like, but again like they're really they're, they're <laughs> hypocritical in a, in a, in their in yes. a way. But, uh, but it, you know, it's funny, like, I don't care. No, I, I, I don't, don't complain about the microwave no. emitter. I'm just kind of like, I get why people would have a problem with oh, it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's funny is that, like, then you have people, like, where you're, like, you can take that and you can take it to, like, the nth degree, that type of argument, where it's just like, you know, but how could you have, like, you know, like a lightsaber, you know what I mean? But oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, why but, do programs look like humans? Well, right, well, yeah. but, like, here's what's interesting about Batman Begins, is they're asking you to suspend their, your belief to a point, but mm-hmm. they're also trying to ground it in reality. Yeah. And so, like, you yourself are struggling with the, like, where, how much am I supposed to suspend that disbelief? Exactly, yeah. And, well, and there were some things that helped me along a lot better because it was borrowed or ripped off from the comics. Right. Like, year one was a huge inspiration for this book or for this movie as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just the fact that like Batman has the bat attracting Sonic device in his heel. I'm like, Oh, I know what that's yeah. going to do. Yeah, and then yeah. it does it. And I'm like, Oh, this is fun. I'm reminded of this. Um, interestingly enough, they got David S. Goyer to write all of them. Oh, really? And David S. Goyer is really bad. Like, he's just a bad scriptwriter. He's as bad as David Coop. Because here's the thing. David S. Goyer and David Coop are the same, uh, are two sides of the same coin in as much as they both have accidental successes because, like, how do you fuck up Jurassic Park? Right? That's true. David Coop does not do that. Uh, David Goyer, like, how do you fuck up adapting your one into a movie? Right. You don't. Then you, ta- then you get further and further away from source material 
And that's when it all falls apart. Yeah. And that's why David Goyer's terrible. And why he should never write a DC movie again. And why they keep getting him. Right. And that's just, that is that is literal Hollywood mentality where they're like, that guy. Why is that guy? Because he knows the material. Like, right. what do you mean? He made Blade 2. Like, that's why he's great. Yeah. And, and because he knows comic books. Right. And he, he's consistent. He also seemingly relies on the skill of his actors. Mm -hmm. And so I think with Katie Holmes, she may not be quite as strong with taking material and making it her own. Like Natalie Portman? Right. Because she's great. Or like, Unless she's not. I was going to say, or like Heath Ledger, who is like an actor. So like, regardless of what they put on the page, he was going to do something with it. Because yeah. he could. Yeah. And even like with Michael Caine, like he's doing something with the words on the page, whether you like it or not, like he's trying to make it more than what it is mm -hmm. and i think so like when they hired actors who don't necessarily aren't used to working in that fashion yeah like you start to see like the like oh you're not a great actor necessarily and these wars are not doing you any favors no and that's the thing katie holmes is i think unobjectionably like is unquestionably bad yeah and it's kind of frustrating because everybody near nearly everyone in this movie is a brit mm -hmm. with the exception of morgan freeman and katie holmes and she's so bad. She's so bad. Yeah. And, uh, and, like, why is she bad? What makes her so terrible? Uh, her delivery choice, her, like, little, like, like character quirks, mm -hmm. which are obviously just things that she's doing that she's done forever. Yes. Like, everyth everything you need to know about Rachel Dawes you've seen from Dawson's Creek, which is, like, really? <laughs> also, like, the the inclusion of Rachel Dawes as a character, because Rachel Dawes was a, was a holdover from Batman Year Two. Right. And then never used again. And it's like it's weird. She's she's just real bad. And so when I heard that like she, she you know, that was during the Tom Cruise marriage like problem and one yeah. of those like you're detracting from the movie goodbye. And they replaced her with uh, uh Hall. Yeah, Maggie Gyllenhaal or yeah. Hall. I was like, yay! I like uh, Stranger Than Fiction, so I'll be happy with her in this. And I guess I was. She did things with the character. She did. She did the same thing that the other actors do, where it's like, oh, here are the words on the page. They're not necessarily great or deep or interesting, but I'll make, I'll do, I'm I'll, gonna make, try to, I'll make it work. Yeah, I'm gonna try to actually look into. Yeah. Like what what this actually means and and where they're trying to take this scene. Absolutely. Exactly. So like, uh, at the end of the day, with Batman Begins, I still think it's fun and great. Yeah. Uh, I love a lot of little little, little touches, like the fact that like his where. The, the fledgling beginnings and the whole like you know southeast corner of Wayne Manor is gonna become the Batcave even though they yeah, never really do yeah they never do, do anything with that um but uh the the little like chest that he keeps the bat's like costume in is yeah. reminiscent of like the Asian inspired like place where you keep your 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 armor yeah you know like oh there's a lot of neat cool stuff in there those is. movies. Uh, or in that movie. Yeah, Lucius and Fox is Lucius Fox is great. Uh, the, the whole, like, grounded in reality explanation and grounded in reality, like, high-flying reality where mm -hmm. uh, where the suit comes from and how to explain how the suit works. Like, he's holding yep. his little, e like, wire-tapping, like, antenna and it's, like, a little bit up and it's like, oh, I can hide those in the little ears. Exactly. Like, that all exactly. works. Yeah. It's a weird thing that is a holdover from every movie franchise, for every Batman franchise and I don't remember if it's even in Batman vs. Superman. I think that's when they first stopped doing it. Uh -huh. But it's it's this weird thing where Batman needs to identify himself. Like I'm Batman. I am Batman. <laughs> I don't I don't understand. You know, like there's one moment where I accept it and it's in Batman the Animated Series when he says I am Vengeance. Vengeance I am the Knight. <laughs> but him like pulling Falcone out of the car and saying, I'm Batman and then bonking him on the head. I feel like 
like it's like every actor wants to do that. Like, what did you want to do That's it. That's your moment. That's your I'm Batman moment. It is literally. No, I think the the I'm Batman moment is when he's stalking the the punks for the first time and the guy says, where are you? And he's upside down behind him and goes, here. Yeah. And he just gets him with his cape. That movie has a lot of fun with itself. Yes. I really appreciate that. Um, I always wish there was a little bit more of Rachel Ghoul. I, I wish that they <laughs> said fuck it and made Rachel Ghoul actually immortal. Right? Instead of annoying me with it. Yeah, and, and here's this is this is a, a thing I have that is it's not an actual complaint. Mm-hmm. It's not anything. It doesn't detract from anything. It's just something I'm like, why? But like and I know why. Because Liam Neeson's Irish, that of course he has to do like the boxing thing. Yeah, he does the little I'm like, 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 come on! I know he you, was a boxer. I know that, and I know that's why they did it. But I'm like, but he looks like a dork. But you're still Rachel Ghoul. right? Like you've you've <laughs> learned a thousand forms of martial arts, and I'm going to beat you by using 1920s Irish pugilism. Yeah, and every time I'm like, yep. Uh, by I the do. way, so many people are asking where Rachel Dawes was based from, like. No, she was originally a character from Batman Year Two. Like that's she was a character, mm-hmm. and they, by the way, they didn't. She was not like aping to become district attorney. She was just she was a female character mm-hmm. that was a love interest Batman that was created in like the eighties or whatever. So okay. that's there where she go. came from. It's like who cares? That's the other thing. That's why when like whenever they made those cho- those to- those choices, I was like ah, right. like Henry Duckard is a real character who helps Batman in his quest across Europe and. Having him be a pseudonym for Rachel Ghoul, I was like, at least you use the guy. Right. Like, you use the name, that's fine, because that's cool. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I didn't think that the swear to me scene, because I was like, I love that moment. Yeah. Where he's like, he does the whole, like, bo- the, the voice, the yeah. beginning of the voice. The beginning of the and voice. And I didn't know it was going to go to the direction it went in, in Dark Knight. No. Right. So that's going to be my transition to Dark Knight. Okay, let's do it. Oh, also, they ripped off the scene at the end of year one and put it at the end of the Batman Begins movie, and I was like, yes, good, do that. Yeah. Where it's like, the Joker, you never know. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then there's a card. That was awesome. Very cool. But, uh, yeah, it was great. Yeah. That was... That was them, to me, saying, like, we're going to go a little bit more comic book in the next one. Okay, like, we've now that we've got to... Yes. Let's have some fun here. <laughs> exactly. And so they did this, uh, and so they did Dark Knight. And Dark Knight, they were like, "Okay, the dude from Ten Things I Hate About You is gonna be go- is gonna be Joker." And everybody was like, "That's never gonna work." And then there were a lot of people who were like, "No, they never. They didn't think that Michael Keaton was gonna work." And I remember all that build bullshit and complaining. And I was yeah. like, and I remember being on the uh, just being like, "It'll be probably, it'll probably be fine." They they made one casting mistake and they replaced her. So yes. I'm fine. Yes. Um, where did you? What was the circumstances by which you saw Dark Knight? And do you, do you know remember what's funny? it? I cannot remember any of these seeing them for the first time. Really? I really don't. I don't. I have, do have any like re- like recollection of yeah. that. So you go ahead. Then. Okay, I saw it at a midnight showing uh, with Ben. Okay. And uh, he got tickets. Like he got advance tickets, and we went and go and went and saw Ooh. it. And then the next morning, we all went and saw it. Oh. Like yeah, I, I saw it around like midnight or two, like uh-huh. between midnight and, and two o'clock in the morning. A bunch of people. And then we got up at like seven or eight o'clock in the morning. We all went and saw it again. I never remember if I saw it in the theaters. I really, really don't. If I did, it was with a different guy. It was with us. It was not with you. Wasn't it? No. No. I don't think so. Well, all right. When did it come out? I thought it was like 2008. Anyway. Well, yeah, 2008. Yeah, no, I didn't see that. Hmm. I don't think I saw that. I well, think I had a couple of other things going on yeah, that's that fair. year. Yeah. <laughs> well, in any case, uh, we uh, solid. And there's a lot of things yeah. that are good about that movie. It's, it's and 
so naming them all is like why everyone knows Heath Ledger's amazing. Uh, like, like, yeah. Well, what were some of your thoughts about Dark Knight? Um, I, you know, what's funny is like going into that. Like, I didn't have any inkling of how Heath Ledger was going to be. I feel like I had heard some news about his, um, you know, his practices with the books and how like he only read some comics, but he wasn't a huge comic book fan. And that type of talk usually makes me kind of nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, Joker had always just been Mark Hamill, and that was it. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I, not that like I saw it in theaters, but like, you know, Jack Nicholson's portrayal was never mine. Right. Yeah, that was not that your. That wasn't for. That, that was, was not your Joker. Um, but I was just enamored by this performance because it was something I'd never seen. That's true. And, like, it's funny. When you say it's something you've never seen, that goes one of two ways. It's either, like... That's something I've never seen. Like, Steel. Yeah. We saw Steel, Steel recently. That's something I've never <laughs> That's seen. That's something before. I've never seen. Yeah. But, and it was uh, not good. But, like, it was... It was... Like, it was something where it was, like, out of the gate, like, I wasn't just, like, I'm in love with this. I was just, like, this is... I think this is good. And then yeah. on my further reflection, I was, like... No, I, I really do like that. I yeah. really like what he did with it. Like, again, he made it his own. Mm-hmm. He does pay homage to those who have come before. He pays homage to the to the comics, like, to, to the comic books, but, like, isn't just mimicking something. Yeah. Uh, and what's great is that, like, it allows other Jokers to coexist. Like, it doesn't diminish from Mark Hamill's Joker. No. I'm not disappointed that Mark Hamill didn't, like, come back to play the Joker in physical no. form. It was just, it, it just works yeah, on its own. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like... Mark Hamill, I think, at, is at his best playing the Joker as a voice actor. Yeah. Because of the ridiculous faces he makes and because yes. of, like, how he gets into that character. And I think being on set, being in person, I think that would diminish his ability yeah. to play Here's that character. I also think that, like, Mark Hamill's time of playing the Joker has come and gone. Yes. I think that, like, having seen Killing Joke... I think that that's over. Like, I, I'm, I, yeah. I've also seen Justice League, Justice League action, and while it's fun to hear him... Yeah. He's not the same Joker he was, and no. I'm, I'm like, like just you can let it go now. Yeah, and Heath Ledger's Joker fits into that world, right? Well. Exactly. That's he's he's a great Joker for that world. Yes. Um, and what was funny was throughout watching that movie, I remember being like, I I remember when he first enters the scene, and then music came up, and we haven't mentioned the music, but Hans Zimmer's score for She's Batman great. is also great. Yeah. Um, but the score for Joker, which is just like one like piercing string. Uh, is so evocative of, like, Jaws and other horror yeah. movie villains that yeah. have iconic scores and, and or just great notes. Yeah. Uh, when his tune came on and he enters the room and he's just playing it the way he played it, I was like, okay, I think this is really cool. Like, I was into it. Yeah. And then the more movie you saw, the more I was upset that he wasn't in the scene I was watching. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, I really want him to be in more of this movie. Right. And it, which of course was brilliant because it allowed each scene he's in to be his scene and also be like a a, a fun scene to watch. And of course it all kind of culminates to the, to the interrogation scene for everyone. Oh my God. They're like, yeah, like everybody wants to see those two like talk to each other, even though at that point, like we kind of just wanted to see Joker talk. Like, right, right. Because Batman kind of. Yeah. But like he, he does such an amazing job of like being this like like it's disturbing how charismatic he is in the horror the horrific things he is doing yeah yeah no that the the thing that caught the thing that made me the the moment that sold me on the movie and i gotta tell you the opening sequence where it's like this fun kind of heat 
uh, robberies heist movie. Yes. With all these betrayals and shit. I was like, that's cool. This was this is yes. a cool scene. I was I like the like this scene. Right. Um, for me, that scene is. I don't think it's. I don't think anyone would say this out loud, but like I. For me, that's almost like a little bit of a, a nod to the Jack Nicholson. Mm. To like the like, here's my gang, and like, you know what I mean, and like yeah. here, like I'm doing like a crime, you know what I mean, like I'm doing a standard crime right now, you know what yeah. I mean, like I have a plan, right? And then of course he reveals that like those are only to facilitate his anarchy, right? Exactly. But for me, like that is like a little bit of a like, you know, he does this sometimes, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, then there's also like, oh, so that but the scene that got me was the pencil. Oh my god. Because I didn't get, at first I'm like. Okay, like, you bonked that guy. Holy fuck! Like, incredibly violent. Yes. With zero violence. Yep. Like with, with zero, like, interest you, in... And you don't really see it. Yeah, it's, it's subtle. You just know it's what subtle. happened. Even though he bashes a man's head into the table. Yes. There's a subtlety to it, because they don't draw attention to it. They don't, They yeah. They do it, and then they move away. And then yep. they're immediately onto the next thing. Yep. And because you're already ho hooked into his character, you're watching him, that you almost forget about what happened, and then you think about it for a second, you're like, whoa! Right, but that is, in a sense, like, them trying to put you in his mindset, because he's already moved. Yeah, he's yeah. He already <laughs> he put that pencil there to go into the head of the guy who will inevitably try yeah. and stop him. Unbelievable. And, and he's just like, and now we're done with that. So yeah, like exactly. Like I don't know why anybody's even thinking about that anymore. And then there's this weird casting in this movie because there's a lot of brilliant casting in this movie. Aaron Eckert plays Two Face. Yes, and too Aaron, bad. <laughs> Aaron Eckert is my James Sunderland. Oh yeah, he should have been James Sunderland. And like if James they were to make Sunderland. a real Silent Hill two movie. Yeah, that's my James. Um, before we move on from the Joker, I just want to like point out like. Ledger does so many, like, subtle things, like you said. So many big things, like grandiose yeah. things. Like, he does a lot of great things. Like, I always think of him driving the car, hanging out the window. Like, I think about that. The number one thing that strikes me as his portrayal of the Joker comes down to a little tick he has that someone who has scarring on their mouth would have. He licks the sides of his mouth a yep. lot. And, like, once you notice it, it's, you it's can't every, stop every time he talks. At it. And yeah. it's like... It's just so spectacular because he just makes it part of the character. He's mm -hmm. just like, that's what he does. Yeah. Sometimes. And like it, you know, it's like a tick, but it's also like a, a means to distract the person he's talking to. You know, like I, it's just such a brilliant little small thing that he threw in there. Yeah, it's, a, I, I it's, love it's it. an acting choice that in that no one saw coming because yeah. nobody gave Heath Ledger this much opportunity. <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly. Weird. weird. Exactly. But uh but yeah, uh then there's this weird casting decisions they keep making like they got that dude to play Falcone in the last movie and yeah. he's a Brit who played a like a like East Coast mobster which is like okay, why? And then they got Michael J White aka Spawn to play the yeah. head of the African American gangs like gang in Gotham. Okay. I love Michael J White in Spawn. I love Michael J White in Black Dynamite. Mm -hmm. I love Michael J. White when he's doing karate or fighting people. He's a great deleted scene in Kill Bill. Okay. Uh, Michael J. White is not known for his subtlety. Right. Or his, uh, like, low-key acting. No. And so when he's in this movie, it's not only obvious it's Michael J. White, but it's also not great. No. Like, his acting is... Not great. Right. Especially not when you're in the room with Heath Ledger. And that's the thing, is that either you blend into the background, or yeah. you need to have somebody who can do it. Yeah, who has the chops. And that's the other thing, is that every actor who interacts with him 
is not great or is weird. Like, um, they got Michael J. White, who is, like, distractingly weird. And then they got that awful, tan, like, dime-a-dozen mobster actor to play Maroney. Yeah. And he's so bad. And it's so weird where they were like, okay, we're going to cast, like, Cillian freaking Murphy from 28 Days Later (laughs) as the the Scarecrow. What about this mobster? Anyone. Yeah. It's... But not anyone. A very specific kind of anyone. A distractingly bad actor. An actor who would play a mobster in a soap opera. Yeah. That kind of actor. Yeah. No, it's... Eric Roberts, thank you. Uh, it's, yeah. It's bizarre. Not good. It's and, so bizarre. And bizarre because, like, I, it's so weird. It's just it's weird. It's very weird. But weird, and it's just constant weirdness, like, in those kinds of movies. It is. And then, and here's what's so funny, is... It's so easy in Dark Knight to forget that Harvey Dent is even in that movie. Yeah. He's so great. He's so, he's very good, but like the Joker is so memorable. Yeah. And like Two-Face is just thrown away. It's such a waste. It's just such a waste. It's a complete waste. Like I was really excited when first seeing this movie because I'm like, cool. Yeah. They are setting up Harvey Dent. Yes. He will be Two-Face in the next one. Right. And they almost do some of the animated series yeah. stories with Harvey Dent. In the, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, a little bit of that. But because they have Joker, because Ledger's doing such a good job, yeah. it's so painfully obvious that they were like, we have to give him more. Yeah. Like, we have to let him do what he needs to do. And mm-hmm. then, like, this story takes a back seat, which is unfortunate. Yes. Especially with what would happen with the death of Heath Ledger. Yeah. Where it's like, you could have saved this great it must have been, story. It must have been that they thought, we're gonna make the third one all Joker. Right? And then they went, oh, well, I guess we probably shouldn't have killed Two-Face at the end of this movie. Yeah, and again, that's like, nobody could have seen that coming, but no. it's just like, you killed this character that was underdeveloped in this film, and like, not because the person wasn't doing a good job. It's just you no. You had only so many minutes. That's the thing, is that Aaron Eckhart needed all that time for the Harvey Dent character to grow and blossom because they didn't bother to put him in the first one, which yeah. was a mistake. But I'm sure yeah. they didn't want to lock in an actor, and I'm sure some actor didn't want to be like, I want to be... Look, Tommy Lee Jones is a brilliant actor, but fuck his portrayal of Two-Face. <laughs> I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to be the joke. Meanwhile, Billy Williams is like, I'll do it. I will be Two-Face. <laughs> I signed on for those movies. By the way, Billy D. Williams got a payout. To get like, him out of there? Oh, yeah. No, because he, Billy D. Williams is only Harvey Dent in the beginning of, in, in Batman 89 because he's like, I know who this is. He's going to be Two-Face. I'm in. Right. And they were like, sure. And then <laughs> by the time, and then they were like, and then two, they're like, no, we're not going to do that. And then they went in the third one. They're like, we're going to do Two-Face. And they're like, well, according to the contract, Billy D. Williams has to be Two-Face. And it's like 1995. <laughs> and they're like, uh, no, we're not going to hire Billy D. Williams to play anybody, right. much less one of our action figure selling villains. Yeah. And then they went, oh, well, I guess we'll just, ha- we'll ha- and they have to buy him out of his contract. No, absolutely. No, they like should real waste. have, like, I know we were talking about Batman Begins and we've gotten off of that, but like, they should have put the district attorney that's working with Rachel Dawes should have been Harvey Dent. We should have established him right there yeah. and then. I think he's like some rando who gets killed. I'm sure he he does. He when he's they're looking at the he when finds at the, the crates. Crate yeah, the and I'm like, and what? it doesn't have to be him. Like he, that no, but like he dies right, and then you get Harvey Dent in there, Anything. and you don't even have to, you don't even have to have a fucking actor. 
No. You just refer to him. Yes. So you establish him early on. You know, like the animated series does. Right? Like when they're talking about like the like when they're talking about the district attorney's office and like all of that and like saying like I have someone. Gordon should have been like, is it Harvey Denton? He's like, no, it's Rachel. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there's there's so many ways they could have done that and it just it at least it like you're, you're like you said it establishes him but mm-hmm. like he just he didn't I, he didn't get a fair shake yeah and it's really unfortunate no I agree uh, so oh wait uh, poor Harvey Dent which is whatever he says in those movies yeah uh, but that said uh, okay Dark Knight is great uh, it is. It also except for the two boats except for the two boats which is the funniest <laughs> joke I, one of the funniest jokes in Lego Batman you mean like the two boats this is way better than the two boats because <laughs> when you say it like that you're like oh yeah I guess two boats is kind of lame yeah. I mean, like, um, I get it. It works in the context it, of that movie, but when you talk about does. it outside, <laughs> and you're like, Joker's big, nefarious scheme is two boats, one of which most people don't care about. Like, yes. oh. Uh, but that said, um, yeah, there's a lot of greatness in that movie. I did not expect them to kill Rachel Dawes. I expected it to be like a, like a, I, okay, so I thought that Rachel Dawes was going to be the daughter of Rachel Ghoul. I thought that the twist was going to be that they killed her, but they wow. don't find a body, and that like the League of Shadows gets her out of there before and puts her in the Lazarus puts pit. Her, well, either that or like <laughs> no, they 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 leave with her. They abscond with her before the explosion. Oh, that like awesome. they were there the whole time, uh, and that like that would have been cool because then it's like you hired this great actress to do something, yeah, and then it would have been a great twist where it's like yeah, no, like. I've all like because they established in the first movie that uh, Rachel Ghoul has like been trying to attack Gotham the whole time. Yes. The Waynes were instrumental in keeping him from being able to, to to topple Gotham, and it's like, okay, well then I'm going to, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna hatch a long game, and I'm gonna get my daughter into this world. And I'm gonna like arrange it so they become friends, and then establish like a cover story for her for a long time. Right, like, right, yeah. But no, uh, then they killed her off anyway, and uh, whatever. I guess that's fine. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, it, it was what it was. They were done with that character. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Again, still the love interest, even though she's still the love interest. with Harvey. Yep, yep. Um, and, it, and she's, like, kind of a jerk, because she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, no, I'll leave him for you. And then at the end, she's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And you're like, okay, right on. Like, that's cool. And that really is the moment, like... That's the moment for me that makes the least amount of sense in the context of what then happens to right. Alfred. Oh, yeah. Because Alfred doesn't give him the note. Yeah. Right? But then, okay, so that's what's so flimsy about it is that, like, so he burns the letter in this big crescendo of drama, right? He burns the letter. He's going to keep the secret forever. And then and then in Dark Knight Rises, like, what if I actually... He tells him everything. I know. And he's like, and then Bruce believes him anyway, and he's like, get out of here. Like, and you're like, nothing about this movie works. No. There's a lot of things that do work yes. in Dark Knight Rises, so, like, let's get into it. Dark Knight yeah. Rises, the biggest disappointment of the Batman trilogy. Uh, obviously, Nolan wanted to do a movie about a city under siege. Right. You know what, though? No, it's not, I don't. It's for me. It's the weaker of the, the three of them. Like a the three, like you know, returns is the, my favorite. Um, well, Dark Knight. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, Dark Knight is my favorite. Um, but but this one, like, there are elements I like. Like, there's a lot I, of cool things I like that happen. Gordon in this. Yeah, I like, like I Gordon as well. I think he's great in this. Yeah. Um, I like where they began with Selena Kyle. Yes. Like, there are elements to her character I really like a yeah, lot. Yeah, I, I, uh, I like Anne Hathaway, despite the fact that she is just, like, the worst kind of drama Right, but, kid. like, and, 
here's the thing. Like, I like the character of Talia al Ghul, but without establishing a, a pre-relationship between Batman or Bruce Wayne and Talia, no. it's just, it's really flimsy. To Making me. another secret woman character, it, like, yeah. pass. Yeah. Also, I'm not a huge Marion Cotillard fan. She's fine. I got She's know. fine, like, but I don't care. Right. Like, right. I'm not invested. I yeah. don't like her portrayals of most things, and having her be in this movie was like, oh, she's a big name right now, so right? now she's in the movie. Yeah. Like, thanks. And having her, like, the twist being that she's the daughter and the bane, like, what are we doing? That At this was, point, like, like I didn't... Why, are, why are we doing, like, why are we doing all these surprises? Like, it was like, it was literally as though they were like, well, Poison Ivy in the last movie we made was in charge of Bane, so let's get another chick to be in, in charge, charge of Bane? Bane? Oh, I really, I can't imagine that's a thing. No, I don't think so, but like that, I immediately, like, I, I made that connection, mm-hmm. which I didn't want to because it's not really there, but no. like, I couldn't help but make that connection. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tom Hardy made some choices. Oh, he made some choices that will never leave the character forever. No. He's... Okay, so everybody kept bitching at me about my X-Men casting choices because I didn't cast Tom Hardy as Wolverine. What makes everyone think that Tom Hardy is so fucking great that he could be anything? Because here's the thing. He couldn't be Bane. He was something else. He yeah. was hilarious. He and, and I'm so glad that Tom Hardy was Bane because I will never stop laughing at him. Right? You know, it's, and I don't think that's what it is, but, like, it's almost like Ledger put such a mark on the character he played that the person who came after that, especially in the wake of knowing they wanted to do something with the Joker, yeah, like, felt like they had to do something more with the character they were given. Yes. And in a sense, Bane is a blank slate for an actor. Yeah. Like, Bane was in one movie, barely. It wasn't really acted. So well, and, like, like, his comic book origins and legacy are not very well, uh, re- re- like, received people think bane's cool looking people think that bane did a really cool interesting thing which they of course used in the movie but like afterward like no one's gonna be like well i wanted to use the inspiration from secret six to really inform my bane character like they did not do that what's funny is like what where is bane from where's bane originally from yeah santa prisa Right. Which is like an island in South America. Right. Like he's, so, no, no, he's I, Hispanic. I, I'm or going he's that, that's where yeah. I'm going with this. That is what was weird. You had the opportunity to bring in a legitimate diverse character that people love. He's a fan favorite. Yep. You have the breaking of the bat. Yep. You know, you can just do that and you go with a white British dude. Yeah. And it's like, what? Hello. <laughs> it's like you literally had this moment to like create this like legitimate diverse character that you weren't like changing something to make it diverse. Nope. You took it, changed it to make it less diverse. Now that said, in the comics, Bane is also incredibly white. I'm sure he is, but, but like you could have done like you, you could have done anything. Completely changed it. Yes. Not only is he British, uh, the actor's British, but he's from where? I don't know. Because he's in the. Oh, yeah, where is he from? I don't know. Right? Like, it's just, it's some very bizarre choices surrounded Bane. Yeah. Uh, That said, I'm glad, okay, there were neat, there were some neat ideas. The mask thing, I don't give a shit about. Um, No. Like, him being like, I need to wear it or I'll die. No. No, that's not Bane. No. That's, like, made up crap for the movie, fine. But, like, okay, the voice is hilarious, so mm-hmm. I'm so glad he's in it. And the things he says are also kind of fun and chilling. Like, right. When he's just like, I don't care you think I'm a clown. <laughs> that's okay. Okay, that's cool and scary. Like, that's it. Like that's actually a character then. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I talk like this because it makes you, it disarms you, but then I'm a master strategist. Like, okay, all right, all right I guess I'm involved. Like, right. I'm going to crash this plane. Like, uh, 
Hilarious stuff. Uh, I don't know if it makes for a brilliant third chapter in your epic Batman trilogy. Right. Yeah, he like it, it's it's not. Yeah, he might as well have just been King Snake. King Snake is actually like a white British. Bad there you guy. go. Like he should have just been King Snake. But, they, but then people have been like, "What?" But he can't break the bats. Back. A Robin villain? Right? Like, yeah, no. Now, meanwhile, like Selena Kyle Catwoman, like yes, people remember her because she's hot. In the in this movie. In this movie. That's too bad because no, I know I know I, I I but like I think that she does an amazing job of sticking to the like fine line that Catwoman walks. Yes. Like, between the, like, I'm really in it for me, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like, you have appealed to my sense of, like, morality. Yes. And, like, I, like, do, I really am into you, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm really into this. And, like, you're making me feel bad. Mm-hmm. I don't like feeling bad. Right. So now I gotta, like, I gotta square my, I gotta square my conscience by yeah. helping you out. Exactly. Like, no, that was cool. Like, I, I, I liked her. I thought right? she was cool. You know, it's funny. She was gonna be Black Cat originally. Oh. Okay. And uh, and then that didn't happen. So. All right, but like I think she was supposed to be black hat in like the Sam Raimi movies. Right. And then they were like, nah. okay, like, no. Well, I still want to be a cat. Person. Yeah. In this, like, I love that her introduction is through a theft. Yes. That's perfect. Yeah, that was really. You cool. haven't established this character at all. Fine. You you literally like this is one of those interesting moments in the script where they show instead of told. Yeah. Like we see her committing a crime. Yeah. You know, and then, like, we get, like, this kind of, like, jumbled origin for her, in a sense, where she goes back to the apartment. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Like, no, there's a lot of cool shit Selena in there. Kyle is this. It doesn't matter. It all kind of fits together yeah. for her. Yeah. Um, so, of course, the ending with with her, oh, it's, like, it's a little weird. Oh, yeah. Like, is like is it a dream? Is it real? Like, Well, just in care. general, like, the two of them just actually... They're like, no, these two are end up together. Oh, yeah. I'm they, like, oh, you just decided that? Oh, that was hilarious, too, because they're like, oh, no. Like, because it makes Bruce Wayne such a chode. Yeah. Uh, throughout the whole movie, he sucks. Because, like, all right, he's sad. For, <laughs> he's sad for, like, five, ten years, however long. And he's, like, and he's got, like, a limp now because, like, being Batman is hard on your body. And, like, yeah. And he's just sad because Rachel died. At no point in, like, after, like, a year of him being like, Rachel... Alfred doesn't go like, well, I was just telling him what happened. Like, no. No, it's only when he becomes Batman again. And yeah. then it's in the third movie where he's like, you know, the police might be, you might really want some of that technology that you use to stop your criminals. Like, uh, fucking the argument to make that is not now. The yeah. time to make that argument it was like fucking five years ago or ten right? years ago. Or yeah. when he wasn't Batman. Like, oh, Master Wine, I noticed that the, the, the guy still has all this great technology. Maybe he won't want to give it to the police. Like, no. No. no, he doesn't give a shit. He's just trying to protect Wayne, which is fine, I guess. But I like, don't know. Alfred's Alfred's descent into crybaby, right. like caretaker, is such a well change from the character, and is so disappointing to the audience. I think that like pass. Well, what we see is instead it's it's that, but then there's also a transition to Lucius Fox becoming Alfred. Yeah, because he literally just goes like, "Oh, Alfred won't do it. Well, I guess I'll just have to step up then." Like that's literally the yeah. movie, and it's like. Well, I, I heard what happened, and I don't have a problem with any of it. Like, yeah, he has uh, Lucius no problem with him being Batman or facilitating. Nope. And it, like, Alfred's not like angry with Lucius for like helping him do that. Nope, it's inconvenient and stupid. Can I just say there was literally a moment in that movie where like I was almost done because I thought they were gonna kill Lucius Fox. Oh my god, when the water like, comes in, he's if like, Oops, they kill him, I'm I, out. I'm done. Yeah. I'm getting up right now, and I, I'm out. Of here. I thought they were gonna kill everybody. I thought they were, like they were gonna kill everybody, get everybody off the table, right? and just end everything. Yeah, because. Gordon almost dies. Fox almost dies. Yep. yep. I'm like, oh, they're going to kill everyone. Okay, cool. It's going to be one of those movies. Okay, cool. No one will like this one. Right? And then no. I got to tell you, like, um, I know there's another character we have to talk about, but, like, I, I want to talk about a quick side character. Mm-hmm. That random police chief. Oh, yeah. Where, like, we get, like, a little glimpse of his life, mm-hmm. and then he 
dies. And then he dies. He's literally like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. I'll get, I'll get killed in the streets. And like, you, well, fine. If you don't want to die in the streets, then I guess you're just a coward. And then he goes and like and he fucking, dies and then he in the dies streets. in the streets. And you're like, yeah, I guess he was right. Literally, there, like his one per, he didn't make a difference at all. Not really. He doesn't do anything. He's just in the front, and he's also sad. Yeah. Like he in the front, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna die," and then he dies, and you're yeah. like, "Oh, that's the end of that." But he's wearing his dress uniform, just like he says. By the like, way, that that's really convenient because that's how they have to bury them, I guess. So, yeah, you know, that was just nice of him to yeah. think ahead. Well, he does. No, he says like, "I'm not asking you to do that." Yeah, you know, I'm just saying like, I need you to be part of this. Right. And it's like, yeah. Like, you know who's not in that fucking crowd? Gordon. Gordon. Well, Gordon's like, got another thing. He's, I know. He's doing something way worse. I have to stop a... I'm putting a nuke in Gotham. A nuke. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. I like, know. ugh. Pass. But we can't, we can't leave talking about this movie or in this show without talking about the fact that they almost do Robin. Oh, yeah. But they don't. Well, because I think... Uh, I remember Christian Bale was on record saying, like, if they do Robin, I will stop being Batman. Right, because Robin sucks. Right, and it's like you don't know anything. Right, and that—that's a mistake. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is great, but he's too old. Yeah, well, he'd be like, yeah, no, he's you can't old. do a Robin in that universe. No, no, you really can't. But like, you can have a Duke I in that universe. Really wanted to see Joseph Gordon-Levitt do something else in those movies because I like him as an actor. Again, yeah. he's another actor who takes something on the page and plays with it and makes it his his own. Yeah. That was not the best choice no. for him. I don't know what would have been a good choice, but like they ran out of movies anyway. So yeah, no, it's weird. Uh, uh, Gordon Levitt's good, and uh, I'm disappointed. Just making his name Robin is I know. really it's weak. So dumb. Like really weak. It's so dumb. Yeah. It also, work. making him a totally different like character entirely. Give him a stupid new name. Yeah. F you. It's really bizarre. It's really bizarre. And then to, like, literally just hand over everything to them it, at the end of a movie that you know they're not continuing. Oh, yeah. No, that's the, that's where they're... The, no, no, they're, like, the point of it is just, like, no, it's just that, like, there will always be. And he's living on top of, like, or, like, on, on top of the Batcave is a whole army of new Batmans. There will always be a Batman because there's always, like, an orphan there up there. There will always be a Dread Pirate Roberts yeah. because... That's what they did. They turned Batman into the Dread Pirate once Roberts. They, once they find a chick that will bang them... Yep. Then they'll they're just, gonna stop doing it. Then they'll stop being bad. Yeah, because apparently, like, it takes only like forty-eight months for yeah. you to be annihilated physically by being Batman. Even though he's only Batman, like, maybe a little while. Like, right? he only does like six things as Batman, and then he's like, "Oh, I, I have the body of like a like a professional athlete that's working out all the time." Like, no, right? No. Also, like. You had a microwave emitter in the first movie. You don't have to like be like, oh no, but if you really was Batman, like you would, you, you all the cartilage in your knees would be destroyed. Like, don't pick and choose just I to know, satisfy your so fucking weird bizarre. narrative. Did you think it was weird at the end? And, and maybe I'm incorrect about my memory of this scene. When Alfred sees the two of them together in in Rome or whatever, Rome, Venice, yeah. wherever, um, is she wearing? His net. mother's pearls. Yes, that's really weird to me. Yes, well, she's. Like, I understand them. the symbolism, yeah. but that's really weird. Yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> it's a little creepy, but it's also like no, he's like these are these are doing no one no, any good. You're the new Mrs. Wayne. Yeah, you're my mom now. <laughs> it's, I don't think that's what it is. No, I just mean like no, you'll probably die in an alley. Yeah, we're gonna make a new Batman. Yeah, come on. He'll then lay him Terry or Damien. 
But uh, but yeah, you know, like there's a lot of neat ideas that are just kind of like wasted or not explored. And then I remember yeah. them saying like, oh, we're gonna do. Uh, I remember them saying like, this is it. Like I remember every time they did a Mat- they did a Batman movie, no one's like, I don't know if I'm gonna do anymore. And we're like, shut the fuck up, you're gonna do two more. Right. And then after the second one, he's like, I don't know, it seemed like a pretty good place to stop. And I'm like, you're not gonna stop. <laughs> They're gonna drive a fucking tumbler sized car full of money in front of your door. Yep. But uh, they did that. Um, and then after the third one, he's like, I'm not going to do anymore. And we, everyone was like, good. <laughs> Clearly you were done. And yeah, we were, we were good. Um, those movies are cool and they have a place and I never want to throw on Dark Knight Rises, but I do like it when it's on. Whenever yeah, it's on, I'm like, oh, we'll watch some of it. Um, it's, it's, you know what it is? Like. It's the weakest of three movies, but it doesn't make it a horrible movie. If no. it was the only Batman movie, A, we'd all be really confused. It would be very weird. Um, But it would, you'd still be like, that was cool, and I wish they had made more of them. Yeah. But like, when it comes on the heels, personally, for me, of, of Dark Knight, that it's like, it's not as strong. No. But I also don't think, personally, the Batman Begins is as strong. But for some people, that's their favorite movie. Yes. Because well, I think it's the most comic booky. Right. And I totally understand that. So, like... A lot of this is going to come down to, like, personal opinion. I, I feel like, you know, each of them has flaws. Each of them... Because it's, you know, it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, they, that's going to happen. Um, but overall, they're, they're, they're good. I mean, like, especially with the last Batman movie to that being the Clooney Batman. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh like, it was such an incredible departure from that. By the way, I know we were meant to talking about this, but that fucking Clooney Batman... The Batman that has no woman as the call to action that's right. for Batman. That's right. That's Batman the only has one. No love interest. Like Poison Ivy does her thing, but it's not really a love. He's not interest. really in love with her, right? Yeah. So it's like it's so bizarre how they got that element right, but that movie is so bad. everything. Yeah, literally everything but that is wrong. <laughs> it's so terrible. Yeah. Um, but you know, on the heels of that, to to put these movies out, you know, I, I think you know created something amazing. Did it teach Warner Brothers an incorrect lesson about their superheroes? Oh, yeah. It completely... Yeah. That's the problem is that, like, okay, so those work. Like, Because yeah. it's Batman. Well, because it's Batman, because it's Nolan's Batman, yes. because there's a whole bunch of people who had a, a bunch of plans that were, like, in play. Yeah. And then they were like, okay, no, but that makes a billion dollars. Right. So that means that if we need to do a Superman movie, it has to be like that. Which is why they got... Nolan to produce it, and mm-hmm. they got Goyer to write it, and they got Hans Zimmer to do the score. Like, right. well, let's just do Batman Begins with Superman, even though that's impossible because it's about an alien. Like, right. you have it's to make just, it about an alien. It's an it's an it's an instance of like the wrong lesson. Yeah, it was totally wrong lesson. Like, they just, just they didn't they didn't they missed the mark on what made this successful. That it was a perfect storm of like tone, director, and yeah. like characters, actors, and story. Like, yeah. it just all really worked together. Yeah. So, uh, the Nolan trilogy is strong and it's cool. Is it too bad that it fucks up DCEU? Yes. But, uh, no one was planning that for one to be there right? when it was happening. So, and you have to remember where it came from. Like, we were all anxiously awaiting Batman movies after Batman and Robin and it really fixed things. Uh, yeah. so I, I, I like them. And as a full trilogy, also they brought back Rachel Gould at the end of the third one. Which is stupid. He was a ghost. Like, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a hallucination. Yeah. Which I was like, no, like that's, but no, see, we're doing the thing. No, like again, like they, they try something different with those characters. I, for me, it doesn't work, but that's a personal opinion. And I recognize that. Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, from there, I guess like, all right, look, uh, the Batman trilogy is cool. Uh, Nolan was the, the, and I think the lesson to be learned is you need a person who cares about 
the story they're telling. Yeah. And they have to be passionate about it. Like, when Nolan cared, those movies, like, had an uptick. When Nolan, like, was obviously leaving or not interested, like, there was a downturn. The fact that Nolan's a competent and consummate filmmaker means that even though he probably wasn't as invested in Rises as he was in Dark Knight, you still got a good movie because the dude knows how to make a good movie. Exactly. And to be fair, and let's, let's... But also point out the fact that, you know, Rises had a lot of things against it to begin with. It wasn't the movie they planned on making. Nope. You know what I mean? Nobody yeah, they... foresaw the death of the the actor that they planned on continuing. That's the thing, like, is that, like, villain. we'd like, have a very different conversation if Joker was the main villain in the third absolutely movie. absolutely true. So for them to have put this together... Yeah. And it to be so competent... Yeah. ...really says a lot. It does. So, yeah, literally the fact they had to make a 180-degree turn... Yeah. ...like, immediately after that huge change it's just weird yeah absolutely so, yeah absolutely but uh but from there i guess like uh we can talk about what's happening at comic pop and then wrap up the show thank you guys so much for hanging out with us yeah stay tuned today to watch us talk about batman judge dread on back issues tiffany's there for that one it's I a am. lot of fun it was a lot of fun I, this is all batman day very batman yeah it's <laughs> all batman uh so check that out in a couple hours we'll see actually in about half an hour it'll come out um and let's see we're gonna be at emerald city comic-con next weekend that's right next weekend holy crap i can't believe it. i looked at the calendar i was like oh, oh crap i gotta be in seattle like in a few days i'm like i'm gonna have to actually pack yeah so come meet us at emerald city friday and saturday saturday we're having a weekly pull live show at 2 30 on the podcasting stage check out us on the subreddit r slash comic book or comic pop and on our facebook page uh i believe it's facebook.com slash comic pop or comic pop official I don't remember. Check the description box below this video to find it. All the links for everything we do are down there. And there'll be um, a little like explanation about the stage, the booth, everything about where we're going to be. That's awesome. Uh, and, and when. <laughs> um, we will, I'm sure, arrange a meet and greet at Emerald City. So yes. uh, check our Twitters. Go to uh, twitter.com slash Sal says what for me or twitter.com slash the real zoobs for That's Tiffany. Me. Or uh, I'm sure Benny will also probably tweet out stuff. But uh, you can always consistently rely on us to announce when we're going to be in places. So and we'll see you guys there. For those who want to know the other member of the um, back issues Dredge Dread Batman, it, it's actually, it's one of those rare episodes where it's me and Sal and Ethan. That's right. So it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm just in the process of finishing up next week's back issues, which is a Thor episode. Uh, so check that out when it comes Exciting. out. We're going to drop that, I guess, Wednesday, along with a special episode of the Elseworlds Exchange, uh, because... We're leaving Wednesday, but everything you like will be out on the day that you expect. That's so, correct. Uh, anyway, thanks a lot for hanging out with us and watching us talk about Batman for a little while. Yeah, we really this appreciate is a lot it. of fun. Yeah. This, is, this came out of nowhere. I legitimately, I know like you said in the beginning, when you mentioned the Dark Knight trilogy, yeah. I have to... I legitimately thought you meant the books, and I was like, I haven't finished the third one. Right, yeah, no, neither has EDC. I know, I'm just saying. Like, but they are why, apparently, they are what? scheduled. Like, they are... I saw the solicits. But legitimately, I was like, why do you want... What? Yeah, no. And you're like, no, the movies. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, yes. But uh, hey, we'll see you guys next time with another episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. And hey, by the way, we also have a new new show, which is called Getting Into Character, which uh, I got to shoot some more uh, versions of. So uh, check it out, by the way. It's on the channel right now. It's uh, Getting Into Iron Man. It's a little... uh, a very good show. Thank you. I I appreciate it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, hopefully, you know, it takes off. We'll see you there. (gasps) But uh, yeah, Alan Scott, everybody. Alan Scott. And we'll see you later. Bye. (laughs)